Ever wondered how people have managed to break the glass ceiling, be it entertainment, entrepreneurial, or social? Well, so have I. Welcome to another edition of On The Minted Couch. I have the beautiful Sonjo Owe with me. She's an entrepreneur and she's a very, very, very inspirational person. Sonjo is a qualified quantity surveyor by profession and a businesswoman by passion. She has had her fair share of challenges. Hey, line challenges which she will tell us about which propelled her to start a very very well-known brand called native child santo welcome to the show and thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this podcast series thank you thank you for having me um i would like to know what propelled you or what inspired you to start your hair um hair brand i know that you had issues with your hair but could you please paint a picture for us in terms of how that inspired you to start a business? Okay. So for me, I just feel like um, the entrepreneurial side and the love of hair, those two two elements have always been uh, part and parcel of just my own human journey. Mm. Um, as a young child, I was kind of uh, pushed to learning how to um, do my own hair um, because of several, I guess, several bad experiences with uh, people who plaited my hair. But I think the one, the last time that that happened where I vowed I was eight years old, I said I would never have anybody do my hair again. Wow. It was painful. My hair was in an afro. Um, she was pulling and tagging and you know how painful an afro is and I was a child mm. and I literally um, made that decision then I proceeded to um, and kudos to my mom for allowing me um, to, to do that I couldn't I proceeded to learn how to do my own hair and each time she said no let me get someone to help you no I'll do it myself and for a long time I was the laughing stock at school because you know lines were skew mm. this was that you know but when you're starting, you're young, your hand is not um, used to, to, to braiding or plaiting, um, but I was determined. Soon after that, um, I would say, so I was eight, so from around the age of about 12, um, I started um, plaiting and braiding family members. Mm. Um, and so that was always a side thing that I was doing initially for a long time. I wasn't paid for it. You know, I became like the family who will do your hair type of thing. Um, and so I, I guess that's where um, the love of hair and that's where I kind of hone my skills. But, you know, I went about my way um, studying, trying to figure out my place in the world. And then eventually I landed up um, in quantity surveying because I was like many kids confused. I didn't know what to do initially where I said to my mom, you know, I, I want to own my hair salon. She said, you must be crazy not after not after the sacrifices i've i've made for you i think in her mind she was just seeing like a one person you know kind of a thing thinking after all the money i've spent and sacrifices i've made you can do better so i was like okay and then at some point i wanted to do fashion design 
designing because again uh, fashion designing for me uh, or making clothes was something that came naturally I didn't go to school for it mm-hmm. and but making clothes as a as a 13 14 year old and selling it so my mother would take it to to school and sell it to all her other teacher for their other teachers you know for their kids so that was like some something I did so 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 that's the entrepreneurial side mm. um, uh, whilst being extremely academic uh, very competitive at school uh, so my teenage years were very busy mm. I was never like sitting around not knowing what to do or being bored um, if I can put it that way. And I, I guess the other catalyst was having seen how hard my mother worked as a single mother mm. to us three girls. And I really, um, I, I remember just making a contract with myself um, that I never want my children one day not to have a, or to struggle like my mother did she was educated she's a teacher former teacher she's retired now but still things were tough um it wasn't easy we didn't go on a lot of excursions school excursions because there just wasn't money Um, and so that's 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 the backstory that people don't know so then i go on and I study and I get into the work world I was doing fairly well it's not like I was struggling or feeling like I don't know what I'm doing Mm. in fact at the time when I decided to pivot and really just follow my dream um, they had just called me into a meeting where they were they the the company the last company I worked for told me that um, I'm such a bright young woman um, they'd like to groom me into management, um, you know, so I'd had that talk. So here I was at crossroads, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like the world is going to open up and I'm going to make a lot of money or do I risk all of that and follow what's in and deeper in my soul? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I made the decision to then follow my heart and drop all of that with all the promises that it came with um, and decided to go back to school because I didn't have a chemistry background, Mm -hmm. but I was confident that I could manage. I felt like, okay. And I I just kept thinking, oh gosh, I hated chemistry in school. Our teacher was the worst. I think it's more the teacher than the actual subject. (laughs) Um, But I was like, no, it's fine. Uh, you can do this. If you really want to do it, um, you need to give your whole heart into it. And so that's what I did. I then went to study cosmetic science, uh, a diploma. Um, it's a two-year diploma, mm-hmm. and you study at night. And um, that journey then led me to Nature Child. Wow. And that started in 2015. If I Am I correct in saying that? Is it in 2015? No, the the studies were in 20, 2006 where I started afresh. Mm. Um, and then once I had uh, qualified, I went on to serve um, uh, as part of the, the, the management or the board of members. I went to, to, to become the educational committee. So now I had this idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I knew what I wanted. 
but I had never started a business. Um, I had studied now how to make cosmetics, but um, I still, I guess, you know, you have this uh, fear of what are you, do you know what you're doing? Are you going to succeed? And at the same time, my son was very young. So I was at home being a stay-at-home mom at the time, but mm. um so I spent a lot of that time just, I guess, in the preparative phase, trying to guess, I guess, what is it, condition my mind, um, because I didn't feel confident to, I know this is what I wanted, but it would have been nice to have someone to say, come, let me walk the path with you. I didn't know who, anybody else who had done what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the meantime, I, I decided to register uh, um, a trademark, yeah. And I had heard some horror stories about if you if things are not trademarked, people can steal your name, your idea, your this, or you can't start until then. Um, um, and, and yeah, so that that's what I did. Eventually, I lost the trademark and I started again. And the name that ended up sticking was Native Child. Then I started informally. So then I started. Um, with sort of like body care products um, and 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 trying to sell to um, what is it bread and breakfast because now I thought okay let me practice first before I do this mess thing um, then I I started by selling um, like your body scrubs your body washes your body lotions to bread and breakfast i approached companies and i was doing their gift packs if they're having a function or having Mm. this Mm. until eventually i thought i felt like okay i'm ready um and dropped all of that launched the company started it off um fairly small with uh, um because another thing I was like, if I replicate what's already there, how am I going to stand out? Mm. And I heard somewhere, somehow, I can't remember if it was an interview, but someone said that business succeeds if you're solving a problem. Yeah. And at the time, I had my own hairline issues. And I was like, wait a minute. Why don't I? And then I looked, there was nothing on the market at the time. And then I thought, okay started mixing some things um, and uh, I came eventually with the, our hair growth Costa oil. It fixed my hairline. Um, I shared it with a few people, fixed their hairline. Mm. Uh, we gave out uh, some free bottles. Like if I would be walking on in the mall and seeing someone um, who needed the product, I would give them a business card and say, contact me. Um, I, I want to give you something, and that's how um, Native Child a- actually began. So it's it's longer. It's a longer story wow. Wow. <laughs> than most people realize. It wasn't just like you know, I just woke up one day and it was just oh, I'm mm. inspired. I felt like it came, um, you know, it creeped in slowly over time, and once I was for sure confident in what I had to offer people, mm-hmm. um, then officially launched. That is so interesting because we had the short version of your journey. Yes. But I'm, yes. I'm just surprised to hear that you actually started with even, you know, like scrubs and, and body care before you yes. just, you know, um, 
branched or, 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 or you focus mainly on, on hair. That is so interesting. Yes. So, um, yeah. okay, so take us through some of the challenges that you experienced starting out because I don't think any business has ever had a, a smooth sale. So what were some of your challenges that you had to overcome? The first one was me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The first one was me. You know, I had the desire. Um, I had the passion. But I was extremely shy. And I, just the thought of selling. Mm. Like, I, you know, I felt like I'm not a, a, a born seller. You know, those people, they just talk people up, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, ooh. Um, and my husband said, but you need to be the one who will be able to sell. You can't say, I want to create a product and let other people sell it. People want to hear your story from you. Mm. And so that was the first thing I had to overcome um, to try and, and sell, um, to just to overcome the fear of, of just talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> and whether or not um, they reject your message, um, um, to say, okay, you're okay with that. Um, and so that's, that, that, that was the first thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think, so in terms of creatively, um, I, I, I was fairly confident. I have always been a creative person. So I went about to um, create... So like the, the, my own branding, the color, the, the, the theme, um, myself. Sorry, I do apologize. I have to move to another room. Um, and, and so um, that, that was fine. But I think the main thing at the beginning that I had to overcome was myself. Yeah. Um, in terms of just, okay, this is who you want to be. These are the skills you need to gain um, to, to become that person. And so that's what I, I decided to do. I took several courses. I listened to several books, coaches, uh, not one-on-one coaches, but literally, you know, YouTube is full of thousands of people um, that can tell their stories and how they've overcome certain things. So that was the first thing. Mm-hmm. And one um and once I started was the struggle of just getting staff that um, are in line with you in terms of your vision. Um, and so that was another thing to overcome because initially I think I thought, oh, you can just employ everybody. Mm-hmm. And I saw that you, you can't do that. You need to pay uh, there always needs to be an alignment. Whoever you get needs to be able to hold the same kind of passion as you. Uh, that is important because if you are not there, then the business doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So that, and then in terms of trying to get full range, um, that was an initial hurdle. Then how I overcome, uh, like how I overcame that was I launched one product and once the sales had made enough money, then launched the second product mm-hmm. and then and so my range 
was launched like over a period of three years. I didn't have a full range at the beginning. Okay. I started product. Um, that, that, that's a lot. Uh, I hear a lot of people say, ah, oh, but I don't have the money. Um, but you don't need like a lot of money if you just focus with one, solving one problem and let that give you the fund, the funds to be able to solve the next problem and so forth. So that's how it was like a step approach. Um, that, that, that's how I overcame that. Mm. Speaking of which, how big is your team and how would you define your leadership style? Uh, our team now, um, so we I've got several teams that mm. work for Native, meaning we've got our own office, office, warehouse, factory staff, um, and we are around, um, oh, we keep moving. It keeps going up and down, but if I'm not mistaken, we are around 28 employees, mm -hmm. and then after that, uh, we've got the salons, um, which have about 16 to 18, and then we've got all our merchandise across the country, um, merchandisers and promoters, which are sitting again around um, around eighteen, and then of course we've got all our influencers, ambassadors mm -hmm. that work for, which are also in the region of around fifteen. So the company itself at the moment feeds a lot of families and individuals. So we're we're quite big. Wow. Uh, compared to where we started, uh, we're not huge, but compared to where we start. Yeah, 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 and. When it comes to, I mean, so in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, you launched your first hair and beauty bar at a shopping center, right? Yes. So we opened our first hair salon, which was in Cresta. Mm -hmm. um, and we then also launched Santon later on that year. Following year, we launched in Northgate, mm -hmm. and then this weekend we launched in Cape Town, VNA. Wow! And um, the information I have says now you have more than six hundred stores nationwide. So no, so meaning we distribute through more than six hundred stores, not our stores. This is this is talking about you. Can pay, yeah. Um, um, yes, so our products can be found. Actually, that number has gone up. So, our products can be found um, in over 600 stores across the country. In over 600 stores. So, how do you build that relationship and trust with retailers, especially the big ones? And how do you make them, you know, um, put your products on the shelf? So, someone with an idea, maybe who wants to start something and just spread, you know, like you have. What, how do you initiate that conversation and make it a successful and long, long-term relationship? Sales is the only thing. That's the only language they speak. Mm. <laughs> wow. It's the numbers for them. For them, it's about the numbers. Um, you can come with all sorts of stories. Literally, for them, it's all about the numbers. Mm. So Native Child started off online. 
um, that was a proof. It's, there's something called a proof of concept. And so that then says, okay, they are actually making sales. Mm-hmm. Then we obviously still jump to a big, ta- a big retailer like your pick and pay um, without them again looking at sales. Um, so at the time, I had a relationship with um, Crafters Market because that's one of the stores I was selling my body care range through. Remember I told you at the beginning, mm-hmm. that's what I did. Yes, yes. So back to them and said, hey guys, I've launched a hair care brand. We're doing really well online, but a lot of the, we're inundated with emails and DMs of people saying, guys, I'm not coming buying online, which store can I get the products from? Do, would you be okay? Because in terms of um, you just don't think if you want to go buy hair care products, you want to go to a crafter's market. It's mm-hmm. like a, a white, predominantly white, it serves a white, older market. Mm-hmm. Um, but in all the malls, that my customers go to. So then I thought, okay, let me approach them and see what they And they did. And so I was to tell my customers, okay, if you're not comfortable, but I go to the market. And they were cleaning out the shelves. Mm. And mm. I got those. Then I went to your uh, pick and pays and games of this world. And it was a no-brainer. They then took us up. Wow. wow. Yeah. And I, I, I and wh- what I like the most is, is the fact that, you know, you, you self-started, you kind of like didn't rely on them. So you, you built your own, um, you know, following your own um, customers through online and then markets, which then gave yes. you like, you know, that backbone to be able to say, but here are the numbers. Yes. Yes. You have to. I think you have to. Just think outside the box mm. and also put yourself in their shoes um, and say, if someone was to come to me, what is it that you'd be looking for? Then you get the answer. Um, and you always then think, oh, once you get stuck, because then we, we're a little bit stuck. We can't go to a retailer. To them, we're nobody. Yes, you sell them online. You're still a, um, a, a no one to them. Um, but then if I can say to them, no, Food traffic, look at the numbers that have gone through uh, Crofters Market. Then they literally, it was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And then they tell that we will give you so long. First, they start you off with uh, lesser stores. And if you do well, then they expand onto more stores. But if you don't, they remove you off the shelves. Um, and so for me, that wasn't an option. Yeah. So put social media to say, guys, products are now available at you can then go and so that's the vision for the brand what would you say are your best sellers um in terms of your brand and why do you think people are really in love with your certain products okay so the main one just because of the rise of braiding and weaves um and i guess the glues that people use on weaves will be our hair growth poster oil Mm. Um, it's reviving um, hair follicles and reviving your 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 
your hairline. Um, it's also great for people with thinning hair. Um, the hair goes thicker. Um, so that's the number one seller everywhere. Um, and I second to that, um, it's a fight between the hydrate mist, our happy hair hydrating mist, and the milk and honey moisture cream. Um, the milk and honey is popular because it's a product that can be used for your body and your hair, so there's no wastage. Mm. Um, it's a unique product. We don't have anybody else competing with on the market on that. Uh, and then, um, and also it covers a, a lot of textures, not just for like your type 4 with the most curly, kinkiest hair, but all sort of like hair type. Uh, and then the other one is that mist, which is also quite popular because uh, I guess it hydrates hair if you've got braids, you've got plaits, if you just want to rock afro. Um, it's quite a rich spray. It's not your normal, just, uh, you know, it's with water. It's quite rich and keeps your hair moisturized for longer. Okay. And lastly, if you had a platform to have a global stage and there's a message of hope or success tips or something that you would like to tell people um, to inspire them and motivate them. I mean, the climate is different. You know, there's load shedding, interest rates are increasing. So people are just losing some sort of hope and happiness. If you had a platform to just say anything to inspire them and to remind them of their worth and to follow their dreams, what message would it be? Um, is to follow your heart. Your heart um, is the one organ um, which connects uh, physical and spiritual. So it will remind you of the contrast made with yourself before you came here um, on this planet. <laughs> mm. And so follow your heart. It will be your guiding barometer. Um, it's push through because life will do what life does it doesn't mean following your heart things will be easy um but it means there's a certain uh uh quality or characteristic that you as a person develop um be able to push through and then give the world what you came here to give if I continue, <laughs> there you have it, yeah. everyone. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast series and for inspiring our readers and our listeners. Thank you so much, Sonto, and all the best of luck. Thank you so much. Do remember to subscribe to On the Minted Couch. Follow us on all social media platforms at City Press. Sonto, could you please give us your social media handle so that people can follow you? So Native Child is uh, nativechild.co on Instagram. It's the same on Facebook, it's .co. And on Twitter, it's nativechild underscore co. And then on uh, TikTok, again, it's nativechildco. So if you could follow us there, um, you'll get all the things that you need. <laughs> there you have it, everyone. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast series again, Santo. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>